0: Preacher, servant, leader, rector,
1: reverend, deacon,
2: Elder. What the hell? A so, I have cancer, mm-hmm. um, and people have said like, "You don't deserve this," or like, um, they've been like sending me nice gifts and say like, "You deserve to treat yourself," or. You deserve this and everything. And I. Mm -hmm. I don't believe I deserve shit. Mm -hmm. Like. I think it's a. Real mind fuck. Of like what. Why do I think I deserve. Anything. What have I done to deserve it is. It's not Mm -hmm. grace. But like the word deserve. I think we use a lot. And I just think that it. All it does is mess with our heads. Hmm.
1: Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe it's maybe it's a word that gestures to something that might not be real, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's some words in the in in at least the English language that I think do that. Sometimes, um, some sometimes freedom does that. Like, like when we imagine freedom to be like. I am totally. All restraints have been lifted from me, and now I am but a sovereign being that 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 traverses the galaxy. You know, like like that kind of sense of freedom. No being is that. Like no creature is able to mm-hmm. be that. Um, and so sometimes that word gestures to this illusion that we buy into, and it fucks with it fucks us up. I can see that. I could, I could get behind that—that that the word "deserve" does something like that to us.
2: But there are things we do deserve, right? Like, if I were to, um, I can't think of the word I want to say. Um, interfere with the results of an election, hmm. I deserve consequences and punishment. Hmm. Mm. Sanctions, whatever you want to go. I just des- there <laughs> deserves to be repercussions for doing something wrong, right? Or something harmful, yeah. What? Because I am who I am. I uh, got bad news. I do not deserve to treat myself. Mm. Hmm.
1: Hmm. Hmm. I actually am prepared with with great love and admiration for you, Pamela. Even though I just met you today, to to um, suggest that I think that might be something of your Baptist roots showing. Oh, I, I think that, and I don't mean that in a bad way. And I, I I don't know, I I haven't analyzed exactly what you learned as a Baptist. I just know from other Baptists, like, I think there is a sense in which we are quicker to assume that punishment is earned over good things. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. like, um, and and I think that there's strains outside of the Baptist Church in Christian thinking that sort of talk like that, right? Like this this, you know, notion of the wages of sin and, and, and all of this all of this stuff. But um, I, yeah. that that kind of logic of like like the only thing we deserve are the bad stuff strikes me as odd like like it strikes me as it doesn't strike on one hand it doesn't strike me as odd but i feel like that's that's my protestant christianity telling me it's not that odd um mm-hmm. but then on the other hand like we can come up with a lot of uh examples at least i can come up with a number of examples in which that's uh not true right um if if adrea my four-year-old lies which she does you know <laughs> she, she's she four she, she's four <laughs> Uh, she uh, has done a bad thing, and uh, she does not deserve to be beaten within an inch of her life over it. Right, you know, like like now, like I understand there's context involved, and and Adrea as a child, like there's there's a lot of things like that, but but like we can also come up with if we stick with Adrea, we can also come up with a number of things that make sense to say Adrea deserves. Adrea deserves to live a life in which she's not threatened by COVID nineteen. Adrea deserves to uh, be able to play and be a child, and we can say that, and it makes sense to us when we say that, right? Like it's something in our brains don't go, "Adrea only deserves hell," you know. Like <laughs> like nobody nobody thinks that, you know, except for really wacky, you know, like. High church Calvinist weirdos, but like I, I wonder. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like I hear what you're saying, and I wouldn't usually. For me, and then I'll, I'll stop talking. Like I, I wouldn't usually use the language of deserve to sort of like talk about, um, most of most people. Like I, I wouldn't say, oh yeah, yeah, you know, we Americans deserve whatever, you know. Like, like I wouldn't really say it like that. I'm more inclined to talk about g- gifts and gratitude and grace and and um, and and you know wh- why is it that human beings should be treated with dignity? Mm. Well, it's not really because we're we deserve to be treated with dignity. That's that wouldn't be the first thing I would say, but um, it's because it's it's precisely because of grace. Like we we are all on the same playing field and and therefore uh, we should be giving each other grace. You know, we should be giving each other dignity because there's really no, uh, reason not to, because it's not as though that one is better than the other intrinsically, but I don't really, wouldn't really think of it in terms of deserving though. Joe, what do you think?
0: Well, so Pamela and I have talked about this before. Um, I think because, uh, Pamela, you got, like, really good feedback at work or something. And I was like, you deserve that. And you're like, I don't deserve anything. And I was like, but, but what I meant is you've earned that. Like, I know the way you work. You, you've earned that. But I also did use the word deserve because, to me, this is something that I have thought about a lot. Um, because I definitely did not deserve bad things that have happened to me. I don't think that anybody deserves the bad things that happened to them. That's something that I can, like – say in terms of like a theodicy kind of right that like nobody deserves abuse and etc but i also do think that like if we're going to like live together then like actions have consequences but i wouldn't say that you deserve those consequences i would say that like those consequences are a result of your actions but actually like what i think i think in my heart and and why um why I get so torn up about this is that like, I think that everybody deserves good things. Like I, not that we have a right to them, not that we are owed them, not that we have to earn them, but just that creation was meant to be good. And we were meant to live good lives and a good creation. And like, I just fully believe that that's the foundation of creation. That like creation is this like overflow of love from the creating God and, like, out of that came all of this. And, like, that is what was meant to happen. Like, that was the goal. That was the aim. That was – if we ever deserved anything, that is what we deserve. But we live in a world that does not reflect that That knowing. And so then we say dumb things like, sorry, you got cancer. Here, you deserve some chocolate. Like, like <laughs> that seems wrong, right? But, but I do funda- fundamentally think that people deserve – deserve good without earning it like i think we just deserve good but also people are shitbags so it's a difficult balance i want to hop back yeah.
2: to what ethan said um because honestly wise beyond your years i think you hit the nail on the head as a child in the baptist church i was taught about salvation um in three simple steps a b c
0: did you learn them this way no yes i know what you're talking about ethan doesn't know what the roman road of salvation is like he just knows none of this stuff so
1: yeah i've never heard of it
0: okay but this is not really roman road this is abc's (laughs) right
1: right
2: right. keep going even simpler (laughs) less scripture a admit you're a sinner (laughs) like then there's b and c but i think i really just stopped with that and be like "Mm, yeah i'm broken i suck all I do is hurt people, even when I don't mean to, like, blah, blah. So, like, I definitely feel like my foundational teenage Christianity was centered around my sinfulness more so than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And that has... You know, even more to the point about, like, what is the value of youth ministry? Like, that has ripple effects throughout my life because those are formative years yeah. in which, like, I think of myself as a sinner first. I think of myself as broken, as in, like, you could probably get a better friend somewhere else. You could probably have a better employee somewhere else. Like, it's been a problem and – not a problem. It's been a thing in my marriage of, like, you know, would you prefer someone else? Like, I can just go.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um Not – For real, but like that I don't think of myself highly. I don't think I deserve good things. I don't necessarily think I deserve bad things. I just don't think I deserve things, Mm
1: -hmm. which is,
2: I think, where I think it comes from that, Ethan. Um, And it really shows that like I have given weird additional meaning to the word deserve rather than mm. what it really means. Like, it has baggage. It has mm-hmm. my
0: baggage. hmm hmm And I, like, I remember being a child in a children's sermon at the church I grew up in where I was told that, like, sins, everybody sins. So I guess that was fine. But it was like, sins are things like lying. Have you ever lied about, like, being angry at, at your siblings or whatever? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I lie about shit all the time. I'm a pathological liar. I'm a child. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> The person was like, well, you know, if you've sinned, Jesus died for your sin. Even if you were the only person to sin, Jesus would have died for you. And my child brain heard, I lied once and I killed Jesus. And yeah. that, like I've carried that with me forever. And so that's why I think that um, – over the course of seminary and or and over the course of doing like my own version of deconstructing, I think that's where I landed on the we deserve good things. You know, like not that there are not consequences for actions, not that humans cannot make terrible, horrible mistakes that like we should repent of and and do everything we can to make restitution for. Not that, like, there isn't bad in the world, but that, like, to me, that's how I cr- correct that the person telling me that I was a sinner from the age of seven. Like, it's uh, – it is that, like, we deserved the good things. The good things are not what came to us, and the good things are not what we've done, but that's what we deserved. Um, yeah. And so, I like, I had to take that word and, like, make it something new. But – I also think that like people just throw it on casually. The same way they're like, you know, God I just need another angel in heaven. You know, the, the least helpful thing to say, right? Um, yeah, I think another becomes-
1: slave, another servant. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's another another voice in the choir to be forced to sing for all eternity. That doesn't seem very healthy, God. Anyway.
1: No, it's not that they're forced, it's that they're compelled. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> of course. I uh, yeah, so I this is really interesting. Um it's interesting to hear like in general I, I I don't always realize how sort of different some parts of my life growing up in the church have been until I listen to another horror story that Joe has or or, you know, meet yeah. meet new people. Um <laughs> like like I I think that I think that I also wrap my brain around, you know, feeling like I'm the worst motherfucker on planet earth. Like, like Mm -hmm. I struggle with self-loathing. I've struggled with self-loathing my entire life. Um, I think that I lean on. So one of my professors in, at, in undergrad, uh, wrote a really cool book about, uh, Fred Rogers, like Mr. Rogers. Mm -hmm. Um, this is the book. I'll show you a picture here's a book right here. Boom. You can't read it. It's The Peaceful Neighbor. It's a good book. And um, one of the things that I, that like, that's really stuck with me and has changed um, some of my practices as a pastor and a Christian is Fred Rogers believed that um, the whole point of, you know, the whole point of the faith, the whole point of christian faith you know was for folks to be good you know like like folks to actually do good things and be good and feel good and and you know in in a real sense not just in a superficial sense and and which prompts fred rogers to be like that's why i don't tell kids that they're sinners because we know that if you tell kids that they suck (laughs) they, they probably won't grow up to be very good like like they'll probably grow up to hate themselves and they'll probably grow up to uh, hate other people for also being bad. Like, but if you, but Fred Rogers is like, but if you, if you begin by telling a child you are radically loved and you do so many good things, our, our instinct, our kind of weird capitalist Puritan instinct that is a holdover from from the 16th century tells us you're going to create a bunch of entitled brats. If you tell, <laughs> if you tell kids that they deserve to be loved and that they're good at stuff, that's how you create, that's how you create a a, a society of, of Donald Trump's when we know that that's not true. You know, we, we know that it, for, for many people like, no, you create a, you create um uh, a much better society uh, and and a much better people by telling young people well of course we all mess up but that doesn't take away from the fact that you're loved that i love you that god loves you that 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 you have been made uh, beautiful and you've been made to to do these really great things that doesn't that doesn't cause young people to go oh I'm God's gift to the world that, that's not what happens at all like um, and instead it just empowers young people to be really good people and I think there's I think that's totally correct um but but like I also have some baggage with deserve too like like there there's an entitlement element to to word the word deserve that I struggle yeah. with um but I also think that the only reason I struggle with it is is because of the way, because of my own context you know that that we hear the constant the constant refrain in say american politics is entitlement culture right and the constant refrain is you have right-wingers saying you know we we can't create social safety nets because it makes people think that they deserve these things when they deserve nothing you know right. or and then and then democrats have to be like oh no we're not saying people deserve things <laughs> you know? like like an, and st- you know no no um and so like i think that that's where some of my struggle with that word comes comes from but like i think good i, th- I think i agree with you joe like i think good theology of creation mm-hmm. um tells us two things it says one our existence is a gift we we did not have to be, and but 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 by God's grace, the first act of grace was our existence, and so we've been given existence, which is a which is a real gift. And, and two, um, because we are creatures of God, we have an inherent dignity that to deny is evil. You know, to mm-hmm. deny is ultimately what sin is. You know. Um, and, and so there's a sense in which the word deserve, when we talk about creation, creation deserves to, to flourish. It does because it's created by a good God. It didn't demand to be created. And so it, it's not as though creation can sort of, I don't know, make a hold God hostage necessarily. Right. But, uh, but, but it's still, um, it would be beneath its dignity for it to fall into ruin it would it would be beneath its it would be beneath its dignity god made it it god infused it with life and so it deserves to be cared for just like children deserve to live to live flourished lives, and the only reason I pick on children is because that's something that you have to be a real monster to disagree with. Like you have to, you have to be a monster to be like, "Nah, children are just as evil as Hitler." You know, they're just little mini Hitlers. Um, that's what I think. That's what I think. Yeah,
0: I. So something that I discovered today as I was uh, driving to campus to go to go to class um, is that where i'm currently blocked in therapy is that i don't want to get better cuz i'm still too busy beating myself up cuz i still feel hella guilty over every mistake that i've ever made in my life mm. like i feel deep down in my spirit where where like my true knowledge of myself lives that that i actually deserve to feel like crap all of the time uh, because I have made mistakes and I deserve to live with my mistakes. So, like, despite the fact that I have that, like, if I'm talking about it, I really want to hold to that idea that I, uh, that we deserve goodness and, and and the rest of it is a consequence of harm. Um, I still, like, deep down inside of me have not let go of the idea that, like, what I deserve is to live an awful, terrible life. And that's awful. So, um Thanks, church, for that. I like. Do I know? Is it the church? Is it American society? Like that's what I. That's where I kind of get stuck with it. Is like I don't know exactly where this idea got planted in me, but it's here and it's it's proving mm-hmm. really hard to uproot. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What you thinking, Pamela?
2: I think um, one just to tag on to what you just said um, that really. Letting go of those things is admitting that you're no longer going to hold them in your arsenal as an excuse.
0: Oh, oh, that's so mean. Why would you say something so true? That is so mean.
2: (laughs) Because I feel like I've had those exact same conversations of like, these things that I beat myself up with are also my excuses for not moving forward and for not doing other things and not, you know, growing and flourishing. Um, and it's, it's safe to have excuses. Yeah, you're it's, right. It's weirdly like comforting. And so moving forward is not so much the act of like forgiving,
0: but it's letting go of your arsenal of excuses. Hmm. hmm. I'm going to tell Craig that tomorrow and he's going to be impressed with me again. My therapist. You tell him. My friend who has no PhD. <laughs>
2: She has no master's degree. He's ordained Craig. on the internet. <laughs> and she is a notary public of the state of North Carolina. <laughs> That's all she has to bring. I love
1: it. Craig's going to toss you from your from his office. He's going to be like, oh, well. It's over the phone. He'll hang up on me.
0: So. No, he won't. He won't. Well, this is, I think this is a great reflection. I know it's a, yeah. a little bit of a shorter one, but yeah, I appreciated it. I want to
2: tell one story just because I I just want to do it. Sure. Okay. So one of my favorite youth group lessons to teach, which now I have conflicts about, but in the moment I would come in with a big tray of church dinner brownies, like Mm. one of those industrial church kitchen size trays of brownies, pass out brownies to everyone. Start talking about what are the ingredients in brownies. People are throwing out flour, sugar, butter, oil, eggs. And then I said, what if there's poop in the brownies? <laughs> and immediately everyone stops eating. <laughs> and I was like, I mean, I'm talking like a teaspoon of poop, right? Like this, this is totally a pretty no big poop. tray. There's probably no poop in your brownies, right? Or even just a tiny bit. You can't taste it. You can't taste poop, right? And they're like, at this point, that the kids are spitting out everything. They're like freaking out. Um, and I was like, what if it was just a pinch? If a pinch of poop mixed into this batter and spread into this whole pan, like is that gross? And they're looking at me and they're like, yes, Pamela, yes. And I've said, that's what sin is like in our lives. Even if there's just a little bit in our lives, the whole thing is gross to God. And Hmm. I don't know how I feel about that now. It's something that I'm wrestling with. Um, But man, it was always a fun lesson to teach.
0: (laughs) I think mean, it's much better uh, in terms of arguing, like, why we should have federal regulations, you know, <laughs> rather than... Right.
2: Talking and I about can say things. I've never put poop in brownies that I've made for anyone.
0: No, There's always yeah. a
2: metaphor. Kids have That's always true. been fine. And they always say that this is one of the lessons that, that stuck with them over the years of, like, you know, that even if they think they're mostly good, like, they still need Jesus because there's poop in the brownies. Um, hmm. So, like, that's the good takeaway. My fear is that the takeaway would be, like, no matter what I do, I've got poop in my brownies. I'm such a sinner. I'm the worst, you know. Right. And that is a story for another time, I guess. But is it the words that we say that um, tell people they're the worst or the best? Or is it how we are predisposed to think about ourselves and receive that information hmm. that determines how someone is going to hear that one sentence and internalize it?
0: yeah and I don't know. I mean that's that's what makes youth ministry both like beautiful and terrifying, right? Is that
2: yeah, how do you plan yeah, we don't that? have to address that. I just think it's interesting, like as i as I think about the things that I've taught before that I maybe do or do not believe anymore, is it the words I said that are a problem, or is it how someone may have interpreted it that's mm. the bigger problem, and mm. what is the responsibility as the teacher, yeah. I don't want to get into it. I just want to leave everyone with that
0: existential thought. That's good. That's, That's what good we like point. to do on What the Hell is a Pastor. <laughs>
1: we you do our day. best. We do our best. Friends, thanks for listening. It's been a mini sort of What the Hell is a Pastor? We are Spanx Reebok, the dude, and Tallulah, the free spirit. And we will see you next time.
0: What the Hell is a Pastor? is a part of the Disruptive Disciples Podcast Network. Our theme song is written by Joe Schoenwolf, performed by Joe Schoenwolf, Ian Oriola, and Paul Oriola and produced by paul oriola email us at wthec is a pastor at gmail.com find us on facebook at facebook.com slash disruptive disciples on twitter at wth is pastor and on patreon at patreon.com w-t-h-i-a-p where you can get access to pillow talk signed cards episode suggestions and some other things thanks for listening and remember friends ethan owes me all the money in his wallet